You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 127, Design a Bedroom with Feng Shui, Part 1. Welcome to Episode 127 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers Feng Shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So, um, so Laura and I thought that we would kind of start with something a little bit more um, entry level but still very deep because, you know, the approach that Laura and I take with feng shui is that it doesn't have to be super complex. We have very busy lives now, modern lives, and not all of us have hours to dedicate to things. And when you can have something very simple and to the point and right on the dot, that can create a lot of clarity and a lot of shift rather than putting a lot of decoration around things. So we wanted to talk about designing a bedroom with feng shui and kind of go over like the core important things when it comes to feng shui. And this is going to be a two-part series. So you have to definitely tune in next week for the second half. Yeah. So we thought this would be a good two-parter to talk. This is really pop. This is a very popular topic with people because the bedroom is a pretty important place. So we'll start with that. We spend a lot of time there and we spend, you know, I think over 30% of our time, you know, recharging, sleeping, you know, some of us working, which, you know, isn't ideal, but you know, have to do what you have to do. So you may as well make your bedroom be the best it can be. And feng shui is a really great tool and a really great practice to help you to find simple ways to change it. And so one caveat we'll say is we're going to give you probably a, a lot of, it's going to seem like a lot of information and, and lots of sort of ideas. I wouldn't get too caught up in doing everything. I think if you can take away one or two, that would be really great. So just listen, see what you're, what's coming up for you with your own bedroom, what is like clicking for you. And that's how you should listen to this and then take those away rather than going and doing every single thing we say, because that's not what we want, because that would just be exhausting and it puts a lot of pressure on you. So why don't we start, Angie, I thought we could start maybe because we said we're kind of backing it up and getting back to basics. Do you want to actually talk about what feng shui is as practice? Yeah. So why don't we start with that? Good. Okay. So feng shui is a metaphysical practice, which means that it's more than just what you see in the physical world. And we use energy, which we call chi, the life, life force energy. We look at the chi flow in a space and use that to understand and work with our environment. And feng shui really has the power not only to change the way things look, but also your outlook on life and how you can live in harmony with your environment. So the words feng shui actually, they literally translate to wind and water. So I always think about it as it's just like us as humans, we are made of 70 to 80% water and we need breath. Like that's the wind. We need breath to 
thrive. So these are the two most important factors for a human being to thrive. And it's also the same for plants and other animals. So that's really like says a lot about what feng shui is. And the last thing I'll say is it's very ancient practice that was developed in China. Although it was developed in China, there's many, many, many cultures that have a way of looking at your environment and to live in harmony with it. So you, we also encourage you to explore your own cultural heritage of like where you live at, or where your family lineage comes from and also incorporate that into you, the feng shui of your home. So that's a little bit of a, of a, of a backup in terms of what feng shui is. So we um, very basic and what we're going to focus on in part one of how to feng shui your bedroom, we're going to do in a two parts. The first part is going to be all about the layout and the flow. And then the second part will be, well, I'll tell you what that's going to be at the end of the podcast. So the first part we're going to talk about is bed placement. And in that we are talking about, and we, we get, I get a lot of questions about this. Um, I, we have a, we have a couple of YouTube videos. We have podcasts absolutely about just about the command position alone. But what we thought today is we would go over that because again, this is, it's a pretty important first step when you're, when you're going to lay out your bedroom. So a well-placed bed can really alleviate many, many issues, persistent issues. You know, if you're feeling anxious, if you feel like you can't get ahead, if you feel like just, you're not, you're, you know, maybe you're not sleeping well. I mean, that's really the main thing, right? Cause the, the big thing I think we want to get out of this is, and there's, we're going to dive a little bit deeper on what kind of energies you can bring into your bedroom if you need to cultivate something specific. But in this case, let's just sort of say, we want to feel comfortable. We want to rest. We want to, when we wake up, we want to feel well-rested. We want to be productive. So all of these things come from how you feel when you're lying in your bed, when you're sleeping in your bed. And we call this the command or the commanding position. And you do want to feel like you're in control of your space. So when you're lying in bed, you can see the bedroom, like you have a good lay, you have a good sort of lay of the land. You have a good view, a good sight line to the main entry to your bedroom. Okay. And which is usually the main door into your bedroom. And so when you're lying in bed, you can see it. Now there's a couple of other issues that, you know, you want to avoid, you know, how, where, if your bed is directly in line with the door, you know, if there's a bathroom, and what I'm going to talk about today is how you can correct being out of command. All of those other issues, which those of you listening are like, okay, but when, if I do that, then this happens, or I have this, or I have a closet, or I can't move my bed because of this, or I can't do that. I would recommend you listen. You can listen to one of our podcasts that has all talks all about command, but I would also recommend that you join our practical feng shui workshop. We do it once a month. It's a really great kind of quick, we get right into it with your particular situation. And you could send in just the layout of your bedroom and we could talk about that. So, and that's on our website. So if you go there, you'll see a link to that. Um, so if you, have a, if you have a quote, challenging or odd situation, which happens, then that is honestly, or you can work with a consultant too. Um, that's a really great first step. Okay. So, because we're not, I'm not going to get into every single issue because there's so many different ones. But what I am going to tell you today is, if you are not in command, so if you cannot see the door when you're lying in your bed, 
and you can't move your bed. So the first step would be, can I move my bed to a wall that makes sense, head on a wall, head, you know, my head on a wall where it makes sense that I can now see clearly the entryway to the bedroom. And if that's a, if that's a yes, then that's your first step. Do that. If you don't want to do that, then that's a whole other thing. You may want to start to do some thinking around why you don't want to move your bed beyond the fact that there's design issues and design details. If it can be done, no problem, then you'll probably have to do a little bit of thinking around that. But we highly recommend that if you can move your bed, you do move your bed. And it can make a really, it's, it's actually a really powerful shift, right? Just in doing that. And it's, and you can make it a whole ritual, a whole ceremony around the why you're doing this and setting the intentions around moving it. So it, yes, it sounds simple, but it really does have a lot of power behind it. So let's say you can't move your bed. If you cannot move your bed, then you can use a well-placed mirror. And this mirror doesn't have to be large. It can be as big as it needs to be in order for you to capture the view of the main entrance into your bedroom. So if you're lying in bed, you would place a mirror somewhere where you could see the mirror, but it's also angled to capture the image of the main entrance of the door to your bedroom. So you can use a convex mirror, you could use, um, you know, a full length dresser mirror if you needed, you know, a mirror in your bedroom anyway, you know, for dressing, et cetera. You can use the size of mirror that works for you and your space, and then just positioning it in a way where when you're in bed, that being able to look up at that mirror, you've now captured your door into that mirror so you can see it and you've put yourself into command right there. So that is the easiest way to do it if you can't move your bed. Yeah. And usually that means that you'll be kitty corner from the door. You know, also we have lots of blog posts about it and a whole holistic spaces podcast episode about the commanding position. If you want to learn more about it, cause you can apply it to other areas. Yeah. And we'll put in a couple of, uh, we've got a drawing here of sort of an optimal pl bed placement and we'll put that in the blog post as well for this episode. So be sure to check that out as well. Yeah. And if you're on our newsletter list, which you should definitely sign up for, there'll just be an easy click through link to that diagram. Cause Laura spent a lot of time making these really cute diagrams. Okay. So that's sort of the simple, basic layout. What the first thing I would say you want to tackle. And then when you're sitting there and looking, what I would have a caveat around that is, okay, you know, my, but my feet are in line with the door or I've got all these doors or I've got this window here and there. That's the kind of stuff that's really individualized and personalized. And it, it can take, there's so many variations of what a bedroom can look like, or, you know, generally they're pretty simple, but they're always the different entryways, doors, and all this stuff can be quite confusing. So, you know, that's why we created practical feng shui. It was really to be able to give people access to that kind of a quick assessment. So Angie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, talk I was going to say what? the practical feng shui is also fun because you get to see eight other people's floor plans. Yeah, you'll learn a lot from those as well. So apart from the bed placement, there's also things that we can talk about, about the overall layout or flow of the bedroom. Yes. Like I think one of the most important things to look at is definitely the flow. Again, that's like the flow of chi, that life force energy. So one way to look at the flow of chi is if you're feeling kind of down or if your energy is low, if you feel depressed, you can see if there's a lot of heavy furniture around you in your bedroom because 
when furniture is very heavy or actually even very low to the floor, it affects your mood. It also brings down your mood. So if you're a very cheerful, joyful person, that's okay. But if you have the tendency to really have a lot of weight when it comes to your mood and how you view the world and you have a lot of depression or melancholy, your melancholy, take a look and see if you have the heavy furniture in your bedroom, because you really might want to lighten things up a bit. I always like to tell people a good rule of thumb is if you're, when you walk into your bedroom, if you're having trouble maneuvering around your bedroom, getting to your bed, getting to both sides of your bed, then the chi and the energy is also going to have trouble moving through the space. So it's nice to sort of do an audit of what the experience is of walking to your bedroom, walking around your bedroom, getting in the bed. And for those of you that have partners or are looking for potential partners, how is it for the other person to get in and out of bed? Because that's important because you don't want to close that off. So, oh, wait, let me, I have a story. Like I have a story of one client who, she was very petite and her partner is very tall, but he had the side of the bed that was only like a foot from the wall and he had to squeeze into it. And she had all the, all the space on her left and he had this tiny little nightstand. And so that kind of, you know, I encouraged her to give her partner some more space. And another way that you can look at it, like another story I have from a client is that one client had an exercise bike that they never used in the way. So they had to walk around it, like to get to their bed. And that, you know, every day, twice, at least twice a day, you're having to maneuver around this object that creates maybe like a lot of guilt in your in your mind. Like I should be using this. I haven't been using this. So there's so much loaded like energy there. And by Mm -hmm. the way, for the listeners, we're doing a little, I'm doing a little renovation. So if you hear noises, that's what's going on. Yeah. And actually that brings up another, one other sort of thing to look for when you're doing that audit of your bedroom. And, you know, I would also say sometimes we don't see these things. Um, It's hard because you've been in your, you just get desensitized to it. You see everything every day. You can't, it's really hard to be objective. So I would recommend that if you can't, uh, you know, if you can hire a feng shui consultant, that's ideal because they will see things obviously on a much deeper level, but also like maybe get somebody that isn't always in your room to take a look and, and just sort of be honest and see, cause you really, it's amazing what you don't see in your own room. But what I was going to say is, okay, so you, when you were talking about the equipment and on either side of the bed and how to get into the bed and all that heavy equipment around Also, it's important to look above and below when you're talking feng shui. So let's talk below because I've actually got experiences and I've probably told the story before, but with clients with, in terms of what I found under the bed. So, you know, when Angie said that the exercise equipment has this now, like they're not using it, they want, they're reminded, constantly reminded of the fact that they've failed to sort of use this equipment and it's sort of really weighing on them. Well, imagine what it's like to put some something quite loaded symbolically or what it would represent or not even loaded symbolically. It's just filled with a particular type of cheat under your bed that you're sleeping on all the time. So I've seen anything from letters, uh, a suitcase full of letters from exes, from an ex-partner that they that's where they stored it under their bed to a woman that had quite a bad injury and needed to get surgery. She kept all of her 
like her crutches and her all that stuff that she needed for rehabilitation and that kind of spoke to that underneath the bed and she didn't need it anymore and so you know and we pulled out so many I've pulled out so many things under a bed and you know they really tell a story so I think you know do yourself a favor take a look about what you're storing under your bed I get it we get it storage is at a premium we're not saying don't store anything but we're saying be selective about what you store and take a good long hard look about what you've got underneath there Yeah. What about balancing yin and yang? Oh, yeah. So that really just is light and dark when you're talking about the bed. Well, more than light and dark, actually, because they're soft and hard. There's different finishes and stuff. But let's just talk about it in terms of light. light. So it's important to, um, to be able to sleep properly. It's important to be able to black out, uh, you know, for many people, some people that if they're, they're sensitive to light need to get the proper blackout blinds they need to be able to make the space very yin very dark very quiet you know very cold even like there's a real like it's there are studies being done that if your room is a few degrees temperature few degrees lower in temperature when you sleep you sleep better so there's a lot of yin elements to sleep because you're like the body is shutting down so I'm amazed sometimes, and I know that window treatments can be pricey, but I've just, you know, roller blinds, you can find roller blinds. You can even just get blackout fabric and like pin it. If you can't, blackout fabric is easy to find. It's the lining that they put in um, drapery treatments. And you can just literally buy that and pin it to your window. If you don't have the, you know, the, the, where the, you can't get new window treatments, just do that, get, you know, and pin it to the corners and see what that's like to sleep with that. Because I'm amazed how few people that say they, they come and they say, I really can't, I don't sleep well. We look at a lot of things. We look at the bed placement, obviously, and what's above and what's below, not just in the bedroom, but you know, in terms of the whole home. But then we also really mundane thing, like, you know what, just get some blackout blinds. You need to be able to, to shut the, like the light out. So that your body knows that it's shifting gears and it's slowing down. So, yeah, there's actually like new technology now, for lighting called tunable lighting, where it looks at the color temperature of lighting and how that works with our circadian rhythms. So, you know, uh, during the day we have the high Kelvin temperature blue light that's similar to that of our computers and the sun that keeps us awake and it creates cortisol. And then there's the more the warmer light, the warmer tones like candlelight or incandescent lighting, which actually produce melatonin. So they have now the technology to have light bulbs change that. But even we all know, like putting down our devices and having that, um, those, our devices turn off well before we go to sleep. So our bodies can get used to that circadian rhythm, but also changing the lighting around your bedroom and what you experience the few hours before bed can really influence your melatonin um, creation. And it, and it works also with, um, goes in hand in hand with our feng shui philosophies. So one last thing I thought we could chat about is to take a good look at your bed linens, right? I personally if possible, try to encourage people to buy the highest quality they can, organic and non-toxic, because the 
material is right next to your skin and your skin is your largest organ. So it affects your quality of sleep. But it's also important to, to check to see if your bedding is clean, if it's intact, if there's no holes and that you are surrounding yourself with something that's of high quality and well cared for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just um, upgraded all my sheets and I went to linen um, and it was a bit of an investment, but I've actually found now that they're the, like, I found that I was cycling through a lot of sheets and these are easy to clean. They're easy to get on and off. They wash really well. And the more you wash them, the softer they get. It's fantastic. But also I find I just had some temperature issues. Like I find that I have like a two degree window of temperatures that I'm comfortable in. And this, it seems to just, I don't know, I sleep really well and it doesn't make me you know sweaty or cold or anything. So yeah, I love that. I highly recommend lin linen bedding from my perspective anyway. Yeah. And that's something that we recommend you do kind of annually. And what's fun is all uh, not fun, but what's also a great thing that you can do with your sheets and linens that are, and that have holes or have, you know, that it's time for them to go is you can donate them to an animal shelter and they'll be, they'll, um, make sure that they'll accept them of course, but they can use that for animals. So, so yeah. So that's, that's, that's it for part one. Yeah. So part one of design a bedroom with feng shui and next week we'll have part two where, where Laura, can you tell them what we're going to do? Yeah. We're going to talk about sh shifting the energy in your bedroom. So we figured out, so we've kind of figured out where everything should be and how it should be laid out. But now we're going to talk about what we can bring into the bedroom in order to create different kinds of energy. So we'll talk about like crystals, we'll talk about plants, but we'll talk about color and stuff. So that's, it's the fun stuff, right? Not that this isn't fun. What we talked about was very fun, but we'll talk, we'll get into that so that we can really talk about the different kinds of energy you can cultivate and bring into your bedroom. Yes. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others and subscribe or leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit our two websites, uh, holisticspaces.com and mindfuldesignschool.com. We have a certification and mini courses and we have a, um, a practical feng shui class almost every month where we have limited enrollment just nine participants and we look at your floor plan so it's really fun thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week